What is up, everybody? Welcome to the first ever Dudes Who Bet Sports. So you want to bet sports, but you need some advice on how to cash in big at a heck of a price. Well, if you want enough money to line your shorts, then you're in the right place. This is Dudes Who Bet Sports. Dudes Who Bet Sports. It's your favorite show. Dudes Who Bet Sports. Where degenerates go. Dudes Who Bet Sports. Time to change your approach with Aaron Holderman and his father, the coach. Let's ride. Well, Associated Press is full of shit. What's up, everybody? It's a special Saratoga edition of Dudes Who Bet Sports. That's right. Saratoga opening day tomorrow. We've covered that on other shows for tomorrow. So we're going to cover the late pick five for Friday on this show today. Uh, Gosh, it's been a busy, busy week so far, but I love it. Saratoga's here. Papa Dude, how are you today? Fantastic. Now, did you say the late pick five or the late pick four? Late pick four. Did I say pick right. five? Yeah, because you really got me nervous there for a minute because I didn't look at race number six. Right. So. No, I meant the late pick four. Sorry. I, but like I said, right. we've been doing pick fives on the on the earlier shows. Okay. So now we're going to do pick four for Friday. All right. Um, I know you're probably not as excited as I am, but still, Saratoga being back and you get to see it on TV every day. It's just, right. I mean, you love it too. I like it a lot. Uh, it's just a classy looking place and uh, – uh, the coverage is great, and the horse racing is fantastic. You can't beat it. So, yeah, it's nice on a afternoon to sit when you're, when it's 100 degrees outside and flip on the tube. And and uh, they do such a really good job of covering it, too. So, yeah, this is, it's very enjoyable. I know you're excited and heading that way. That's right. Yes, Friday we'll be heading that way, uh, making the trek, and then uh, probably won't be at the track this coming weekend, but next weekend for sure will be my debut at the track. That's going to be a crazy day next weekend because you got the Coaching Club American Oaks, which is going to be Nest versus Secret Oath uh, at Saratoga, and then you have the Haskell going on at Monmouth next Saturday. Yeah. So that's that's going to be wild, and the three-year-olds are really getting going uh, once again and kind of have that little break after the Belmont, yep. and then they're right back at it. Yep. Uh, yeah, listen, this is going to be a lot of fun. This meet has a chance to be fantastic. And I really think this Friday sequence we're going to talk about is going to be pretty damn good as well. Just kind of your initial thoughts after you've handicapped uh, this this late pick four. Well, when I first started out and I, I just started, I got to the eighth race and I thought, oh, here's a single. Then I got to diving into it. I don't know about that. It's going to be hard to narrow it down, I think. Uh uh, there's several in each race, and that's Saratoga in a nutshell. You know, it's hard to win races at Saratoga. And, yeah, it uh, is, especially on the opening weekend. Oh, yeah. You've got a field of nine, a field of 11, a field yeah. of 12, yeah. and a field of nine. So uh, it, reminds of, it reminds me a lot of Oakland on uh, the first couple of weekends when there's 12 horses in a, in a race almost every time. And to me, because I, I, I handicapped that one more than any place else, that's the hardest track there is. I just think it is very difficult. Now, usually when you get down and towards, I don't know, the last six weeks of Oakland, you can kind of get a handle. Those first uh, first few weeks are tough. And if you're a long shot guy, you got a chance to, to hit some big ones usually at uh, yeah. Oakland early in the season. Yeah, Sarah, uh, Saratoga and Oakland are similar in that way. I think Oakland's much more difficult than Saratoga even. I, I just think that is a, a, a crapshoot of a track, especially if you're playing multi-races. Uh, Saratoga, I think it's a good blend between the, the two uh, there. You know, I think it's, it's definitely tougher and more rewarding than Belmont Park. 
um, but I don't think it's quite as hard as Oakland. Um, but this sequence is going to be tough. I'll go ahead and throw it up on the screen now, and we can get right to it. Uh, and we'll start, of course, with race seven. So uh, four races here, races seven through ten on Friday uh, is what we'll be covering. It's the late pick four. And if you if you haven't watched this show before and you're used to maybe watching Magic Mike, of course, you've got Magic and Samich, and they each kind of give their own ticket. We do it a little bit different here, so we're going to have one bigger combined ticket. So what uh, Papa Dude and I will do, we'll go through all four of the races first and kind of write down, here's the horses we think we have to use, and then in the second column, here's the horses that we're kind of toying with. Go through that, write all the horses down, go through the four races, and then circle back and construct the ticket. So uh, why we do that, that's kind of exactly what him and I do when we go to the track. Uh whether it be on the drive to the track or the or the uh, evening before, that's kind of how we do it. So we thought we'd kind of bring it to the show like that. So um, it'll be interesting to do a Saratoga. And the last time we did this, we were six deep in the last leg, and we missed it. So um, we had some decent payouts, and uh, yeah, we I think we oh, yeah. like three four. So. Yeah, that was at Belmont, and. Uh... Yeah, I think there was eleven horses in that field, and we 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 took a single in the race before that. Yep. And we hit that, and man, when you can hit a single, you're usually home free, especially when you have six in the last race. It was the very last one, and we and, and a horse won that we thought about, but we had to eliminate somebody, and and that happens a lot. It really does. Yep, it does. It yep. definitely does. And it's it's just uh, it's it's very frustrating without any doubt. And yeah, before we move on, this is the aspect of Oakland that makes it tougher. Mark points it out. It's tough because you got Arkansas breads to deal with at Oakland. Yeah, and they always have 12 horses in them and they all yeah. suck and it's just a mess. So, yeah, uh, it's like, I always, like I always say, Mark, are no much, much better. Uh, quality than Arkansas oh, bred. Yeah. yeah, like I always say, Mark, those uh, Arkansas bred horses, uh, all 12 can win and all 12 can lose. Well, all right, let's get going here. We're going to open it off going a mile and an eighth for a $25,000 claiming price for three olds and upward, which have never won three races. So this is a pretty tough condition, no matter what track you're at. And it's a pretty tough race for claimers. Uh, especially because, you know, it's tougher for these claiming horses to get a mile and an eighth. A field of nine in here uh, to start it off here at race seven, first leg. I kind of wrote down a few here. Who did you write down for you? Well, okay, your I've, got, I've got four of them written down. How many did you okay. write down? Uh, I have five written down here to start. Okay. All right. Let's see how, let's see how close we are. Uh, together. That's what we always do. We go down and I pick mine, I, he picks his, and we see how similar we are. All right. I wrote down the two. Okay, me too. I wrote the four. I did as well. The five. Okay. And the six. We have the same ones. Well, you said you had five. Well, I, had, I wrote down the three as well. Okay. All right. Well, that makes it easy. <laughs> well, no, we're not we're not used to this. This uh, is great. If we can do this for four races, this show's going to last about twenty minutes. So oh, we can we, we'll come up with something. But uh, so I didn't even look at the three. Okay. And I'm trying to figure out why I didn't look at the three. Now that I'm looking here, let me get on my previous thing here. Um, did you really like the three? Yeah, let's. Let's start there. I really, the four was the top pick, uh, American Pure 
for Brad Cox. This horse won an allowance last, or excuse me, two races back at Horseshoe Indianapolis. Was really dominated last time out in allowance. Got beat by some nice horses, though. Howling time, rattle and roll, dropping Gs. Uh, but wasn't anywhere close at Churchill. Now we drop to the claiming ranks, and I just think this horse uh, is going to really flourish today in this spot. And I also think the distance is going to help. So the four was who I put on top. Um, okay. As far as the three, I did have the three in second. Did you? Uh, another horse that's dropping out of an allowance, albeit a New York bred. Uh, but two races back was against Open Company, 35,000, was second. Um, so I thought I'm going to give this horse a shot here, dropping down at the 25K level. Okay. I can see how you would like that. I tell you a horse that I'm interested in a little bit, totally uh, unlike me. There are red flags all over the place. I like the eight. Did you have any feelings on the eight at all? It looks like a horse that might be hitting its stride a little bit. Very, There's a lot of red flags. It won a $16,000 maiden claimer to, for his first race. So that is a red flag big time right there. Mm -hmm. Then they jumped it up to a $35,000 allowance at Laurel, and it did not run well. Then they put him in a $25,000 allowance at Finger Lakes. And he won by 18 links. Now, that kind of gets my eye a little bit. Mm -hmm. 25K allowance, finger lengths, probably similar to a $25,000 claimer at Saratoga. Maybe not as good as a $25,000 claimer at Saratoga, but comparable. And then came back the next time in a $25,000 allowance. Conditions were different at Finger Lakes. Finished second. Lost by only a length. Mm -hmm. So if we need a price, I kind of like this one at a price. And I think you said the eight, but you meant the six. The six I'm is eight six. to one. I'm six, he was eight to one. Yeah, I know. I, I do that sometimes as well. So the yeah. six, I am the cash man. Yeah. 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 I, I had, uh, I, believe it or not, watched this horse at Finger Lakes on May 30th. Um, I was in Las Vegas, I believe, when they ran this race. You watched um, yeah. at Finger Lakes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then last time out, got beat at Finger Lakes. Here's the deal. You're coming, you're you're jumping up from Finger Lakes to Saratoga. That well, I know that. I get that. Yeah. So I just kind of like the price. Uh would they bring this horse there if they didn't think he had a chance? Yeah, I don't know about that one. And I think the biggest thing is the, the pedigree says a, a mile and an eighth should be fine. I also think this horse has the most speed in the race uh, as well. And that, that is good going a mile and eighth at Saratoga. If you can get out ahead, sometimes you're really tough to pass in that last eighth of a mile. I mean, I put them on the ticket. Uh, I Like I said, I wrote down five horses. So okay. I I don't really blame you for wanting to add the six. Like you said, eight to one on the morning line. I do think that horse will probably be right around that eight to one price. Yeah. I'm just thinking if we go like two or three deep, it might be good to put as a price. I'm not crazy about the five. That's a favorite. That's the favorite. Yeah. We both have the five wrote down. Uh, the five mm -hmm. has not done much of anything in the last two starts, but definitely was facing a lot tougher Drops right. down in class here today. Uh, three races back, did win an allowance at Laurel. Uh, you know, the distance is probably going to be okay. And how about this? I bet you didn't notice this. 
They paid $1 million for the five. Wow. And it's running for 25K. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, Jonathan yeah. Thomas, very dangerous trainer. That was a big reason why I went ahead and wrote down the five here. Okay. Yeah. He is dangerous. Uh, Dennis has a question about the four. Does it concern you the four is dropping way too low? Because normally when Cox wins an allowance at Indiana, then try CD allowance, then, then drops in claiming, that's a bad sign for me. Mm hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of the challenge of a claiming race, right? So, and and I totally agree with Dennis on this one. I thought the same thing. You know, you follow Cox a lot more than I do, uh, but I've seen him kind of give up on horses before. Have you? Yeah, I have. Uh, he's he's actually a very pessimistic guy, believe it or not. <laughs> and I I do believe that it's one of two things: he's given up or They've kind of just said, look, we don't think he's great. We found him a spot here at Saratoga. Do you want to give him a shot? And they said, go for it. This is another one. The horse cost 200000 at auctions, only made 81000 and now you could get him for twenty five. Um, yeah. And only a three-year-old too, Dennis, and I think that's important to point out. Very it's not bad. an older horse. Um, yeah. I get it. I and get I it. think he will be claimed. I think he will too. Uh, early in the meet, I would think this one's going to get claimed. Yep. You look at the races, three back and two back, you know, not nothing wrong with his maiden win at Turfway Park. And then, like you said, he went up to Indiana. He was even money, and he got the job done very, mm -hmm. very easily in that spot. Yeah. Disaster. The one in that race, that was a really tough race at Churchill that he lost. Like I said, it, it, it involved some pretty nice horses. But, yeah, I get it. It's, it's yeah. a little shaky. He should be able to win this race. On paper, he looks yes. pretty solid. Yeah, he does. So we can't, that's why we, I can't, we can't leave you know, him, throw him out. And it's like, well, I don't know if we should throw him out completely. Now, uh, the other interesting one is the two who ran very, very well. And for some reason, they switched him to the turf. Mm -hmm. And he was horrible. Now he's going back to the dirt. At six to one, pretty solid pick, I think. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know why they tried the the, the uh, turf with this horse uh, after that win on the dirt. I think I would have wheeled him right back in another dirt race yeah. instead. They tried turf. He hasn't. He's done okay on the turf though as well. So maybe you know they thought it a little bit of an easier spot. One thing about this two horse and why ultimately I said oh, I'm going to write him down. I don't think the distance is going to be a problem. Uh, I think he can go this far. It's just going to be, you know, Dylan Davis had a great Belmont meet. I think he'll have a pretty good meet up here as mm -hmm. well. Uh, you know, I think this horse kind of comes from the clouds. That's a little bit worrisome to me. But, yeah, I'm with you. I, I thought this one needed to be included. Yep. All right, so we have not really eliminated anybody here. This is not a really good start for us here. <laughs> well, I, I think – this is not the leg to go short, so I'm not going to yeah. worry about it too much. I'm just going to keep two, three, four, five, six on the okay. sheet, um, and we'll go on to the eighth race. How about All right, it? I got it written down. All right, so the eighth race, uh, that'll be the first uh, stakes race of the day at, on Friday at Saratoga. It's the Coronation Cup for three-year-old uh, fillies going five-and-a-half furlongs on the turf, $150,000 purse. We have a field of 11, and then we also have a 12-horse that's a main track-only entrant. And we know how Saratoga is. Sometimes those showers can pop up. 
All right, you kind of mentioned you thought there might be a single in the eighth race, and then you looked into it a little deeper. But go ahead and say, you know, at first, who who was your horse that you thought could sing? Well, I like number three as a possible single uh, if he runs back to what he was running at mm -hmm. the end of last year. If I read the form right, he was the juvenile turf sprint champion at the Breeders' Cup, correct? Cor correct. And it's, it's actually a Philly, so a Philly beat the boys in that spot, yes. Yeah. So that's pretty impressive. Uh, she's come back and ran twice this year. Uh, ran in the Palisades Stakes. He's second, lost by three-quarters of a length, length, and then came back in another stakes and won by a head. So not terribly impressive in those two, but a victory and a second. So lightly raced since uh, the Breeders' Cup. But I, I really like this horse, and then I got to looking at some others. Now, the uh, site that I use a lot for help, uh, a lot of I'll – after that, I'll just go ahead and list what else I've got and see how similar we are. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead and list them. Yeah. Okay. I put the one. Okay. Did you do the one? I did not write down the one. No. Okay. Uh, I did the five, but I'm not real high on the five, but I did the five. Okay. Did not write down the five. Okay. I did the nine. Totally unlike me. Yeah. I did not write down the nine. <laughs> okay. This is normal for us then. Uh <laughs> And the 11. Yeah, so, I did write down the 11. Uh, I think that horse is very interesting. Oh, you had the two, right? I have wrote down the three. I mean the three. The three. You the had the three, three and the 11. The six and the 11 is who I wrote down. Okay. I, I, okay, that's not bad. So you just wrote three down. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. I, Looks good to me. I really believe it's it could come down to the three or the eleven. Now the eleven's only run once. Mm -hmm. One by six at Woodbine mm -hmm. on the twenty second of May. They're obviously very impressed with this horse. Yeah, two, there's two things that well, three things I really liked about the horse. Uh, had the synthetic victory. And that usually translates pretty well to the turf. I mean, it's not an exact science, but it certainly does translate pretty well. The horse was bet down to even money on debut. And that's a good sign that, uh, you know, the betters and the word was out that this horse was doing pretty well. And you got to love Jonathan Thomas. I'm going to talk about him a lot this opening weekend. He is a very sharp trainer. He's not a huge outfit, but boy, when he, when he enters, you better pay attention. He gets Johnny Velasquez aboard. I think that's a good sign as well. So, I think the 11's kind of that up-and-comer where we don't quite know how good she is, but she could be the goods. And I really believe the three Twilight Gleaming is the goods. We know that. She's yeah. from a, a Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf Sprint winner last year. And uh, I believe it was Dennis that said that the race at Churchill last time out that she won, and she won narrowly, looked a little bit better uh, you know, then it like it's better than it looked on uh, to the to okay. the watching it live. The turf course at Churchill had played funny the whole meet. They actually had to stop running turf races there, so it's kind of just one of those things. Yeah, uh, I, I think a win is a win when you got it at Churchill. Okay. Down. We've seen horses come out of there and run a lot better. Um, I do like the three an awful lot. I right. uh, the six was my other one. 
that horse was fourth to the three at, at the Breeders' Cup last year. Just hasn't quite got it going this year, though. Um, no, but it hasn't run bad. No, no, running very well. Clement, Rosario, obviously uh, a mm. good sign there. Did get beat in a race, probably should have won last time out at Laurel, though, and that has me a little worried. Okay. Now, did you look – okay, you guys that are experts, shoot down the nine for me. Well, Lady Scarlet, definitely a impressive winner last time out all over the dirt at Pimlico. It's it's just the turf is a question mark for me. Okay. Um, I would not at all be against playing the nine. I would almost rather play the nine than the six because – Okay. Why would the nine be 15 to one? I don't get that. That's a really, really, really good question. I don't think the nine should be 15 to one in this spot. Again, I think it's probably because of the turf. The breeding isn't great for the turf. Um, but Mike Maker is a sharp guy and he gets Gaffley on a board, which is a good sign. Yeah. Like I said, I could be talked in real easily to play the nine. I mean, she was she's won three out of four. She was bad in the lot in the in the race she lost. Mm -hmm. It was a grade three at Keeneland. I would say that's a pretty good race. She did lose by 11, but then she came back and won the Miss Preakness at Pimlico by three and three quarters. Yeah, I thought she heard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She, if this was on the dirt, she'd be the favorite. Um, she beat a horse named Martime at Oakland, who was supposed to be pretty good. Um, the race she lost at Keeneland in the Beaumont, she got beat by Matarea. She yeah. set a fast pace on a track that was not favoring speed whatsoever that day. And Matarea is just simply a lot better than, than anybody else in here. You know, last time out ran pretty well. Uh, you know, I if she takes to the turf, maybe. I think the big thing is she did have one turf race. It did come over this track, and she just wasn't very good. But, I mean, that was a long time ago. Why would he put her on the turf if he didn't think – I mean, there's a bunch of races he can put this horse in, mm -hmm. right? He does not have to put this horse in this race. He he's someone somewhere has got to think she can run on the turf. Yeah, he's not stupid. This is a good trainer, one of my favorites. As a yeah. matter of fact. So, yeah. I'm. I mean, I've got a rope down for you, and I. I I'm not crazy about the eleven either, but I don't. I, a lot of people are. So I think it's going to be one of two things. The class of the three is going to win the race, or yep. we've got an up and comer here that's yep. in great form and, and is going to get the job done. Um, and I think that's where the nine or the 11 do kind of come into play. Uh, one important thing to kind of point out was yep. Irad uh, was on the nine in the Miss Preakness, and he now jumps to the three. Uh, for Wesley Ward in this race. So uh, I do think that's important to point out. And then Tyler Gaffleone was actually on the three, and now he's on the nine. So well, the trade jockeys in that spot. That is kind of interesting, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You would, huh. I would say Irad was going to ride first call for uh, Wesley Ward when he's in New York, and that's probably your explanation okay. on that. Um but, yeah, I mean, it, it does kind of make for an interesting kind of jockey yeah. switch there. Uh, we'll see what happens on that. Yeah. And I think it's I think it's notable that Johnny Velasquez gets aboard the 11. So That's I think, true. Uh, true. Yeah. So let's go 3, 6, 9, 11. All right. 
that's what we'll write down. And then we'll, like I said, we come back and we'll try to finalize this thing because we're going to have a lot of horses we're going to eliminate. I have yeah, a feeling yeah. here. Uh, before we go on, a couple questions. Saturday asked, do you put first timers in your pick five? Absolutely. I mean, it, it, it all just depends on the race. But yeah, you need to pay attention to first timers all the time. They absolutely. Um, Dennis says, no love for the seven. Uh, that's static fire. Horses two for two does have a win over this turf course that came way back in September of last year. And then last time out, came back and won an allowance on the dirt at Churchill. Yeah, I mean, this is another one that's got a shot. I did not use, and neither did you. Did, what did you think of the seven horse? I don't. Uh, I, I, I think that just running twice kind of scared me a little bit. You got to eliminate somebody, and that's just my opinion. We just, I just threw him out. I'm a little worried about horses with uh, early speed in this one. I know it's a turf sprint, and that's how you usually win them. But, boy, there seems like this thing's really going to speed up. Um, maybe she's the speed of the speed and can take him gate to wire. It wouldn't be the maybe. first time we've seen that. So I wouldn't talk you off of that one, Dennis. Oh, absolutely uh, not. Russ says, who's going to be the Saez of this meet? And the answer could be Saez. Uh, he, he won this meet by eight last year. He could do it again. I mean, I think Flavian Pratt is going to be a lot of people's answers to that question as well. But um, we'll see if Pratt can kind of unseat the Ortiz brothers and size. I think it's going to be all, uh, one of the most competitive jockey uh, races we've had. So, uh, But I would expect Saez to be pretty darn good uh, this year as well and, and have a good shot at it. He won a lot of races for a lot of different guys. And I think that's the key to winning that rider's title. Uh, jockey merry-go-round shot. He says, yeah, it feels like it. It definitely feels like it. And then Russ right. says, first time starters are so hard for me. Yeah. Um, you listen, you got to look at how the trainer does with first time starters. You have to look at the trainer's top jockey is aboard the first time starter. Those are two telltale signs. And then you just kind of got to gauge the work, see if the horse has a little bit of speed, you know, that you got to have pretty fast works as a first time starter to win. So those are the, it's really, there isn't any secret to it. That's the three keys that you got to look for. Um, and, and, you know, Saratoga, let's say Linda Rice is a first-time starter and one of the Ortiz brothers are on the horse. That's a big sign right there. Well, Aaron, correct me if I'm wrong, but I've been around you enough that you like first-time starters in maiden races where the favorites – that have run a few times really haven't done much. You really look at first time starters a lot in races like that. Don't you? Absolutely. So Russ, yeah, let's get it. Cause I think this is, I don't like, okay, let me start over. I don't like first time starters in maiden claiming races. Okay. And because, and not say they never win, but because if you're starting a horse in a maiden claiming race, you obviously don't think much of the horse, right? Usually, what Aaron? What if it's like a hundred thousand dollar maiden? Okay, thing? that's a little different. I'm talking forty or below, right? I don't usually do that, but yeah, I mean, yeah, that's 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 different. Or if it's a two year old race and they're all first time starters, well, that's different too. But sure. generally speaking, I don't like uh, uh, first time starters and maiden claimers. And then yeah, it, it's all about where you where the spot is. So if you have eight horses in a race and you got a couple first-time starters, and then you look through the other six, and it's just a string of seconds and thirds, and you know, or just they haven't ran very well at all, and you got these two first-time starters, 
you might as well give them a shot because if, if they can run a little bit at all, they're going to win. And, you know, they're beating they're beating up on horses that just haven't ran very well. And then I think the other thing is it's the big barns. I mean, you know, especially at Saratoga, Pletcher, Brown, you know, uh, Christophe Clement, they're pointing for these races. And so if you've got a first-time starter, even if you see some horses there, it's like, oh, they're pretty good. They may have to be because they're saving the, that best stock for this meet right. specifically. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that's that's kind of uh, and, and yeah. How do you how do you cap uh, all first time starter race? Again, you look at the who is the trainer and how successful is that trainer with first time starters? Did the trainer get his best jockey or the jockey that he usually gets to ride his best horses? Right there is a sign. The jockeys know the horses on the backside, right? So if the top jockeys, you kind of need to lean towards them because they know who the better horses are on the backside. For example, let's let's go away from the top barns because Pletcher and Brown and Christophe Clement on the turf, they're pretty obvious that they're probably going to run pretty well. Let's take a Dwayne Lucas, okay? If you see, uh, let's just throw out... Um, I can't think. Heeman Harkey is aboard a Dwayne Lucas first-time starter. Forget about it. Yeah. <laughs> if it was any good, he'd get a better jockey. But if you see Luis Saez is aboard a Dwayne Lucas first-time right. starter, you better pay attention. And so Especially, follow the jockeys. Right. Especially in a meet like Saratoga, where Saez can ride for a lot of different people. If he chooses Lucas, his horse, that's a good sign. He thinks that horse is pretty good. And so Lucas is just one as one example. Two years ago, Jose Ortiz jumped on four or five first-time starters for Kenny McPeak. Well, it's not that you know he hates Kenny McPeak. He just doesn't ride for him hardly at all. So you see Ortiz jumping on the horse, and it's like, well, that one can probably run. Yep. So you kind of have to handicap the humans a little bit in, in that regard. And Lucas and McPeak, that's just one example. Yeah. Just kind of keep in mind, um, you know, if you're looking at the form and it's like, okay, we got six first time starters here and here's random trainer. Who's not a bad trainer. He's just like maybe 10%, 5% guy. And it's like, wow, I read Ortiz is on the source and he's only ridden for him like twice in the last year. That's a really good sign that the horses are doing very well. Uh, the horse is doing very well. So what happens is the jockey agents for these, for these jockeys, they're on the backside every day and they're working these barns and they're trying to find out, Hey, who are these guys high on? Who do you have in your barn that three weeks from now, right? Might be ready to debut. Nobody else really knows about it. Let me get my jock in there first. You know, I guarantee we'll give him a good ride, that kind of thing that happens daily. And so that's kind of your, that's the main thing you really need to look for. Now, obviously if Irad Ortiz is writing for Todd Fletcher, don't read that much into it. He writes for him all the time. But yeah. that's a way you can find some angles, and it's like, wow, that one went off at eight to one, and the signs were there. Yep. Yeah. So there it is. That's my my little rant on first time starters. But yeah, there are ways where you can kind of know, and you just kind of got to follow where the smart people on the backside are uh, during the race. So, all right, let's go on. We could, I could talk about that for a while, but that's that's a pretty good overview there. Let's go on. The stakes action, stakes action continues. Race nine at Saratoga is the Forbidden Apple. Grade three race going one mile, $175,000 purse here. Four-year-olds and upward. 
This is a prep for the four-star Dave, which will happen in the middle of August. Field of 12 plus one uh, main track only entry. Um, this is a hell of a race. I'm very curious. Where did you go in this spot? Uh, I like the one. You like the one? Uh, yes, I did write down the one. Okay, the three. I did write down the three. The seven, but I'm not high on it. I did write down the seven. And the eight. Uh, I did not write down the eight. Okay. I wrote down the nine. Okay. So we're different only in one horse. Uh, I'll go first on the seven. It's now or never for me in this horse. Uh, I picked him to win two back, and he did nothing. But, again, it was a Churchill Downs. That turf course is a mess. Last time out, fell into a paceless race, had a stable mate, Mason, in there. Um, just kind of ran in place, didn't get a lot of pace. I think you're going to get a ton here. This is it for, for public sector. It's <laughs> now or never for this horse. He's the right price to yep. take a swing. So I've got him on top at six to one. Okay. Oh, you've got him on top. Mm-hmm. Okay. So who was your top pick? My top pick is number one. Well, number one set piece, that's a horse you won with last time out at the dinner party stakes. Yep. Um, and he's 10 for 20 and he's live. Uh-huh. Uh, running good. Uh, I, I just really like him. I think he's my pick. So this horse prepped at the Wise Dan stakes at Churchill Downs last year before running second in the four-star Dave. Of course, we didn't have a Wise Dan stakes this year, and uh, now he's going to prep in the Forbidden Apple. Yeah, I'm with you. I wrote he's got got him second. I wrote him down, and I think he's got a big shot. Um, the reason why I did not write down the eight set piece took care of a tone pretty easily last time out. So I think if you've got set piece, you don't necessarily need a tone. Okay. So what what, what was the reasoning for playing a tone in this right. one? I like the three. Uh, has run pretty well in grade ones. Mm -hmm. The last two outs. Uh, he did finish fifth in the in the maker's mark, but only lost by I think a link is length and a quarter, I believe I saw that, or maybe it's two and a quarter. Mm -hmm. That was a really close race. So could have won that race. That's a yeah. great one. Came back in the old Forester Turf Classic at Churchill, lost by a length in another grade one. So I think that horse is running well, and we have to include him. Oh, I agree. I, I had the three uh, in third. Uh, I'm with you. Even if you're saying, well, the Churchill turf is kind of weird. Look at that maker's mark. That was a hell of a race. Yeah. A lot of good horses in that race. He came running. He almost won that thing. I'm, I'm with you. I think you got to put the three on there as well. Um, I added the nine. I think the nine is going to get the lead here. He's cutting back. He's pretty classy. I, I could be talked off the nine. Maybe that's one we're going to have to eliminate. Okay. But I've got him on there for now. All right, let's go to the 10th because I think uh, structuring this ticket is going to be rather difficult today. <laughs> we got yeah. a lot of horses playing. Uh, our, our, a lot of horses that we've got wrote down. The 10th race, usually we start, we end, excuse me, with a maiden claimer or a yeah. claimer. Not the case on Friday. We end with an allowance optional claimer going six and a half furlongs on the dirt. $100,000 purse for this one. Field of nine, Papa Dude. Who do we have on top here? <laughs> Very similar horses in this one. Yeah. And this was a toughie. Yeah. Uh, not much to choose from between all of the ones I've written down. Well, I like I like the these first three about the same. 
I think I probably settled on the three as my top choice. Uh, Kali Magic, I think it is. Uh-huh. Uh, but the ones I wrote down, I wrote the one, the two, the three, the seven, and the eight. One, two, three, seven, and eight. Did I write those down? Um, well, we're pretty similar again. I wrote down two, three, seven in this sure. phrase. Uh, I do I do like your seven. You had the three on top. Uh, I, I like the three as well. I do like the two second mm-hmm. off the claim for Maury with Flavian Pratt. Uh, Flavian's riding a lot of his horses uh, to, uh, this, this week. Uh, so, yeah, the one... I just couldn't get there with the one. That's all right. You come a long shot. Yeah. Six been running away. He just lost by a head his last time out. Uh, yeah. Um, we could throw him out. Uh, I'm not crazy about the eight. Uh, yeah. Um, getting back on a fast track could help the eight. Getting back to six furlong, six and a half furlong should help the eight as well. I almost wrote that horse down. And I'll keep, her, I'll keep uh, her listed and throw out the one there. Okay. Um, did you have the seven? Yeah. Yeah, I did have the seven um, coming off of a win. I think that's a good sign where a lot of these haven't really been winning. The seven did. Came at Belmont. Uh, Rosario on once again here. I think this horse is improving. I don't know. You said that about another horse in, in, a, in a different race I agreed with, and I think this one's kind of the same. Kind of just see a pattern of this horse getting better, especially here recently, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I kind of like it. At five to one, we got some odds on there, so mm-hmm. worth a shot. I think the horse could get to the lead or get pretty close to the lead, and I think that's going to be where you want to be in this race as well. Uh, I don't see a ton of pace in here, so I think the seven could kind of get up there and, and maybe – I don't know. I think, I think he's – kind of going to be the or she is kind of going to be the one they have to they have to pass uh late in this race so i think we better put that one on there so two three seven and eight all right got it all right well there we hard go. Part. <laughs> right now we have a 240 dollar tip i have a <laughs> hundred <laughs> i don't think it's quite that much but well, it's uh, five times four is twenty times three is sixty times four is two hundred forty divided by two. Well, that's one hundred and twenty. That's um, what I said. Oh well, we're not going to do that. No, we're not. <laughs> Eliminate real quick before we move on and and uh, before we uh, handicap this or uh, uh, narrow this down and formulate our ticket. Dennis says thoughts on the nine has been working well off the layoff and picks up Ortiz. I think it's a good sign that he's picked up Ortiz. Uh, he does ride for the barn a little bit. Um, he has 51 starts in the last year, but they usually run well. 51% of those horses have hit the board. So I don't hate it. Uh, the form definitely is muddy. Um, but, you know, if you're looking for a longer price, I don't hate that one. Not I at definitely all. picked it up in the mornings without any doubt. But better because we're off a 174-day layoff here. So horse better better be working well, right? Yeah. I don't. Ever, right. I don't ever doubt Dennis. He's uh, always got good inside here. Dennis is a celebrity now. He's he's been on. Uh, he let's see. He was on. What were you on? Oh, Stable Duel. He was on a Stable Duel live stream the other day. So that was good. 
he's kind of a he's kind of a big shot. So. Well, he always was. Yeah, that's true. All right, let's go back to race seven and narrow this down. Okay. Um, right now we have five horses listed. We have the two, the three, the four, the five, and the six. Um, we can't play. We can't play. I don't think we can play all five of them unless you want to single the three in the next leg. I think that's a little risky to single the three. Boy, I do too. So we can we get rid of. Okay, let's let's say all right. Let's just go here. Can we get rid of two of them in the seventh race? I think we go four, or should we go three? uh, I really think we can get rid of the six. Oh my my horse! All right, see, yeah, that's that's okay. (laughs) Now I'm just going to tell you, you use time form a lot. That's Mm -hmm. their pick. I know. Yeah. Okay. He has good numbers. He has numbers that can compete, even though he's moving from Finger Lakes to Saratoga. One of the reasons is he also is dropping down in class. Um, well, let's just keep all five of them. Yeah, now, I'm not going to argue with you because, all right, let's say we got to keep the four. Yeah. Okay, the four is definitely kept. The four is not going to be eliminated. Yeah. All right, that's one that we've got to keep. To me, the five is the one to eliminate. I don't have a problem with that. That gets us down to the two, the three, and the six. I think I want to keep the four. No, you said the two, three, four, six to kick it off. All right. No, we said we had to keep the four. Yeah, we're throwing out the favorite. Um, okay. of the five here. I don't think that's a solid favorite at all. No, I don't either. And I think it's, I think it's a beatable favorite and yeah. that's what you got to do in these sequences. Um, yeah. Two, three, four, six is how we'll start it off in race seven. Um, let's go on to race eight. And that's the thing also, if you don't think that favorite's going to win and you think there's some other solid ones in there and that favorite's three to one. So he's a light favorite anyway. Get rid of him. Just go yeah. ahead and try to, to beat him. Uh, and if you lose the first one, then you don't have to worry about the next three. Well, hey, you just <laughs> play the pick three back if you lose the first yeah, one. That's right. Easy enough. Um, yeah, uh, I, I think you eliminate right. the favorite. I, I think, and that's what's your best tips for pick five. Uh, well, I mean, pick four, pick five is the same. You got to be favorites. And that's one where we've just decided let's try to beat them. Um, I don't think you can beat the favorite here. No. I, you have to play the three. I have to. Um, I'm quitting if we don't. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm with you. I really think we can go 3-11 here. Boo, hiss, hiss. So what, you want to go 3-9-11? <laughs> okay, so you're going to throw the six out. Well, the six is another one I think is going to end up being like the second choice. And the horse is just, he hasn't, she hasn't ran okay. very well. And okay. I think, I think the three is better, is a better horse than the six. And I think is in better form. Okay. Um, I think you, I think you just have to put the, if you're not going to single the three, then the 11 has to be the next use because you just don't know what this horse is, you know, Um where some of these other ones, I think it's just been proven the three is a little bit better than some of these other ones. 
Um, I think the three's a lot better if she runs. Yeah. I wouldn't mind playing your nine at 15 to one. Okay. I'm all right down three, I'll nine, 11. Nine in there. I'm not worried about it. Yeah. Okay. We can do that. I'll write down three, nine, 11, and we'll oh. move on to the feature on the card. Uh, we have three, one, three, seven, and nine wrote down here. Okay. Um, we can play all four of those and narrow it down to two horses in the last and have a $48 ticket. Okay. Or we could try to go like three deep here and then go three deep in the last and it'd be a $54 ticket. And since it's a combined ticket, that'd be all right. Okay. Hang on. The nine, let me get to see what the nine was because I don't, I don't have the nine written down. Get smoking. Okay. You like that horse a lot. I know. I don't like that horse a lot. I like the seven a lot. The nine was more of, I think this horse could get to the lead and be the one they're going to have to pass type of play. Why don't we just go one, three, seven. Okay. That's fine with me. I was going to suggest if we're going to do that, let's just go one, three, seven on that one. Okay. And then in the last, uh, we have two, three, seven, and eight wrote down. Two, three, seven, and eight. Correct. Okay. We got to play the two and we got to play the three. Yeah, those were my Did top two. Yes. I really Man. think you can get away with just two, three, seven. I would be very, very good with that. Well, there, there it is. That's a ticket then. Okay, so we got 12, 36 times three. Yeah, 50, it's $54. Okay. I think that's good. I thought it would be harder to We've do that. We've got some horses in here that if they could come through for us, we could easily make back our fifty-four dollars. Well, yeah, I think it's going to pay more than that. <laughs> well, I mean, we don't have none of the none of these are at a very even the favorites are not at a high price. I mean, that's just it. with this with some tickets when it's a pick four, especially pick five is not quite as much because they naturally just pay a little bit more. When you're playing a pick four, sometimes you have to create value. This isn't a sequence like that. You can hit no. this thing with shorter prices and it's still going to pay because the fields are deep and there there aren't really a there's not really no. a standout. What, um, you, look you look at it the, the most the, the biggest favorite is Twilight's Gleaming at two to one. Yes, that that will be the horse that gets singled the most. They um, go off what seven to five maybe. Mm -hmm. I would think. Then so. you got a crapshoot in race seven. The favorite is three to one. Yeah. So that's a crapshoot. In not in the ninth race, set piece is three to one. That's not a heavy favorite at all. No, and I don't know that I I I could see set piece. Well, no, I think she will. He will be the favorite, actually. Yeah. He probably will, but he may not go down below three three to one. Yeah. Maybe not. And then in the tenth race, you got the two and the three. One's three to one, and one's seven to two. Mm -hmm. They're going to stay right there, probably. Mm -hmm. So, I think well, this, this is a good ticket. Like I said, to beat the favorite in the first race, and then if you if you beat the three in the next race, you're, you're really you're in. You're probably looking at a five hundred dollar minimum payout. If yeah. you beat the two favorites to start right. this. Yeah. And even if the three gets in and you beat the favorite in the first, you're still, you've got opportunities there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, 
it certainly kind of, in the ninth race we kind of like uh the seven yeah. public yeah. sector yeah it's the one i think i think that horse might get bit down a little but i don't think it's going to go below, below five to one probably maybe no. nine to two no and that's to, to be honest that's the race i'm most concerned about because I just think that is a there's a lot of really classy horses. Like I think Shoddy mentioned, she likes City Man. Well, I mean, I get it. That yeah. horse is pretty darn good. Sure. So uh, his best race can win there for sure. So, yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. So it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be a really good sequence. It'll be a lot of fun to watch this come in. Um, all right. So I'll read it off for you. We had a $54 ticket here, 2346 with 3911 with 137 with 237, $54. That's a late pick four on Friday at Saratoga. I'm going to start at race number seven. Um, so there it is. All right. All right. I like it. I like it. All right, Papa Dude. I guess we can get off this thing. I think we've covered it all. Um, any, any closing thoughts before we leave uh, tonight? Well, uh, I just want to just a little a bit. Uh, want to mention we hit the big one. Where was that at again last night? I can't remember. Oh, I actually I meant to send this to you. So it was at Prescott Downs. Prescott uh, Downs. Yesterday we hit the pick five for five thousand dollars. Yeah. Uh, we also hit the pick four, and if you uh, you use the free pick fours on the website, I don't remember what that paid two forty. I think something, something like, like that. that. Yeah, yeah, it was a pretty good uh, pick four there. So if you that one was given away for free on the website, and then the pick five for the premium users, um, it was a, a ninety six dollar ticket for that premium user. Yeah, I actually got an email. Uh, I don't, I won't say the guy's name. He probably doesn't want to uh, have his name out there, but he said uh, he bought the tip sheet for ten dollars for Prescott Downs. Wow, what a time! One over five hundred dollars, including the daily double pick three and pick four. And a couple exactas and trifectas. Wish I would have placed the pick five bet. That would have been great. Thanks. I'll hook you up again next time. Awesome. So that was cool. Great. Good. Yeah. We did well at Colonial, I believe, last night too. So we've had a really good start to the Colonial meet. We've had uh, three pretty good days. I don't know that we've hit multis, but we have picked up uh, some nice exactas and tries, and we had yep. a couple of good winners as well. Yes, we have. So yeah. we're doing, we're doing very very well. So coming in, coming in hot to Saratoga, and hopefully that continues. Uh, you know, it's a exactly. tough, tough exactly. opening day card, but yep. you know, no big deal. Yep. We'll get there. Yeah. So let's just stay hot at it. I got it. I, I I'm going to try my best. Yes. Uh, Russ yeah. says, oh, yeah. "Hey, oh, you picked up some solid recruits this past week. So this is interesting. Their recruiting has been solid. You're right. Mm -hmm. After kind of a slow start, mm -hmm. and um." I've heard a lot of rumors that this USC situation with the NIL, the money isn't quite there like they thought it was going oh, to be. Oh, is that right? Yes, yes. And it's real heartbreaking for me personally. I very, I'm sad about this. <laughs> uh, evidently, the pit wide receiver that they bought off to come to <laughs> USC, they haven't come through on a lot of the stuff they promised him. No. I, I he's very unhappy, which is a shame. It's a real shame. And, uh, no, I'm very, very. I know you're not real optimistic about OU. Uh, I, I am. I've, I've actually started uh, getting stuff ready for our football whenever that starts, and it's around the corner, by the way. And uh, with their schedule, I think they're going to be all right. 
I mean, I think the I think that Nebraska game's huge for them. That's a yeah. potential. They get that one. They should. Don't get me wrong. If they're any good, they'll win. Yeah. It's a toughie, but really they've got the tough games are at home. So and they don't have slip up Lincoln now coaching where you go somewhere and lose a game you shouldn't. So it's all gonna be, you know, is there enough talent down there right now? Uh can he make them play a little bit better than what they are? That's what Stoops always did. And let's hope uh, Venables can do the same. But it's it, it's around the corner, man. It's almost here. It really is. And, yeah, Rodney, our local USC fan, uh, he asked, why can't they get elite offensive linemen? I'm not sure. Uh, it seemed like everything was going real well, and it was just kind of rolling all downhill for USC in a good way, meaning snowballing. And the last couple of weeks, it's kind of – I guess leveled out might be the right word. I don't know. Um, no, either. They're going to be okay, Rodney. I'll tell you yes. that. They're, they're going to be better. Fine for them. Yeah. Uh, they're going to be fine. Lincoln okay. Riley will win you a lot of games. There's no question because he will recruit elite athletes. The offense is going to be awesome. He will absolutely love watching his offense. There's, when they're clicking, they're almost impossible to stop. His offenses are. And I know you, when they were rolling, they just went up and down the field. The problem's going to be defensively, and, and the coaching staff, I think, is a little weak. But anyway, they're going to be fine. They're going to win a lot of games and fun to watch. Yeah, they'll be fun to watch. You'll have success out there, no, no doubt, doubt about it. But um, it does seem like they've hit a little bit of a lull uh, here lately. So. I think the, the prognosticators have kind of – raise the bar on them a little too soon. I don't know just – I mean, they're going to have to go from five and seven, and they're saying they might be nine and three, ten and two. That's a heck of a jump in one year because they were not any good last year. They just weren't. And it's a hard to go from five and seven to nine and three, ten and two. So Yeah, and thanks, Roddy, for clarifying that. I misread that. He's saying they, they can't get the offensive linemen because they don't have that much money. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense, Rodney. It, it does. does, and this is a problem that 98% of college football fans that aren't from schools that have a ton of cash, it's, it's going to be a problem. It's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out, that's for sure. And I thought I thought Teddy Lehman, former linebacker at Oklahoma, but, uh, Buckus winner, All American, were talking about you gotta you gotta go out, you gotta recruit All Americans. And he said, "Let me be clear on one thing: you don't recruit All Americans; you develop, right. you make them." He said you recruit great players, but they aren't All Americans when they when they step on campus. So they're they're schools, projected to be All Americans, correct? But they are not ready. You don't you don't go out and recruit a ready made player. He gave an example like Adrian Peterson, for example. He was an All American when he stepped on the campus. But they don't come along, correct? There's not many like that. You have no. to develop them, and that's going to be the key. Whether you're at USC or Oklahoma or Russ Arkansas, um, you know, and that's what Arkansas has really, in my opinion, done. They have developed. Oh. A okay. lot of players. With that's, under, where coach, under the new that's where coaching comes in. Somebody at Arkansas is doing a great job. I mean, I, I'm, I'll give the credit to Pittman. I think well, he's sure. doing a great job. But he's got guys on staff that are developing those players too. Yeah. A smart head coach is never afraid to bring in guys that are, that are smarter than him. Mm -hmm. And I think Lincoln Riley doesn't want that. That's my opinion. I don't think – 
well, I'm not going to say he doesn't want it, but you're you're only as good as your staff and your players. So you bring in the best possible coaches you can bring in, and, and if they're smarter than you, that's okay. You're still going to get the credit if you win. So I think Venables is that guy. I think he wants quality uh, coaches. I think and the OU staff is better right now. There's no question it's better. Yeah. No question. And I think I think the knock on Lincoln Ryan, listen, this is not we're not homers of OU. We love OU, but we're not we're realistic. I think the knock, there's two knocks that we'd have on Lincoln Riley. Number one, a lot of out of control guys. He mm-hmm. didn't have a lot of control over the players. And he really failed to develop that next wave that he recruited after, you know, uh, Stoops' last class left. Right. Riley brought in a lot of guys that were more highly touted than the guys that, that he lost. Yep. Um, and they didn't develop. No. And that's that's just it. They got there and as they were just as good as a freshman as they were yeah. as a junior. So they never got yeah. any bigger. They never got any bigger and they never got any better. Some of these guys that have gone through the off-season program, I don't know if you've seen pictures of them, Aaron. There's been some on Twitter. They're huge. They don't even look the same. Yeah. There's there's been a lot of talk about that, but talk is cheap. We'll see when they oh, yeah. get on the field. You what bet. happens. You um because it's as two diehard OU fans, we'll be the first to tell you we were soft. I yeah. mean soft the last two or three years. And Russ, uh, you, you say you're hoping for a big game from Hazelwood. Okay, he's one of the guys we're talking about. Yep. And this is will be a real good example. Yep. If he comes – there is no doubt this man, this guy is a stud in a uniform. He never did anything at OU, nothing. He was hurt. Well, let me stop you. Huh? Let me stop you. Okay. When he was a freshman, he was fantastic. Yeah, that's or a true. freshman. And you were saying, right. my God, this is the next C.D. Lamb. Yeah. This guy's a freak. Yeah. He didn't get one bit better no. from a freshman to the next year. To no. The next year. Not his defense. He was injured some. But he still. Was, but he wasn't last year that much. That's right. He didn't do anything. And in big games, you didn't know he was on the field. No. So if he becomes a superstar at Arkansas, there's your answer. Well, let me they tell you know. something. When Russ and the Arkansas Nation get get their eyes on this guy, they're going to think they've got an NFL number one round type guy. Well, he's he, body. He has the body and the ability to do it. He looks like a stud, and he will yeah. make plays that you're like, good God, this guy's yeah. a stud. But he was a ghost for a lot of his time at OU. Yeah. And I, 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 like, I like him, and I hope he has a oh, great and I can say this is a tip-off on what we're talking about. If he mm-hmm. develops at Arkansas, there's your difference. They've got a coaching staff that's going to get the best out of him, yep. and, and and he needed to move on. I think. I think he, he did. did. And he was one of those guys that were highly recruited. A lot of these guys left that were highly recruited, but they never did much yep. at OU. So it's going to be interesting. Some of them went with Lincoln. It's going to be interesting to see what some of these other guys do. If you really want to dial it back, look at the quarterback play that OU's had after Baker and Kyler left. Yeah. Right? They Think of Jalen Hurts. His first six games were great. His last six games were not at all That's at true. OU. That's He's true. He's a pretty decent quarterback in the NFL now. Let's He's look at Spencer bad. Rattler. How did he progress? Let's not forget, Spencer Rattler was supposed to be the top five of the Heisman. 
Yeah. He was ditched by like the fifth game last year. Yeah. He went backwards. Caleb Williams played really well for three or four games. He mm-hmm. went backwards at the he end did. of the last season. He did. Don't get me wrong. I think Caleb, Caleb Williams is a great player, but they went backwards. So they it's did. going to be interesting to see what does Spencer Rattler do at South Carolina this Absolutely. year? I don't know because I was on the, the camp of he just sucks and that, and he was way overrated. But what if he goes and has a good year? You know, well, we're wrong. And yeah, I, I always thought he was overrated too. I always thought he was rated too highly. But mm-hmm. anybody that comes out as a five-star has to prove it, and a lot of them don't. And it's just kind of that simple. But, uh, yeah, he just never did a whole lot. You know, for a freshman, he had a good season, no doubt. Yeah. But his sophomore year was a total disaster. And there's a lot of potential reasons as to what happened. But sure. Anyway. It- he might not be any good, and he might be spoiled and all this stuff. Very yeah. much could be. but He's got a fresh new start. The pressure is off of him. He's at a place where you don't have to win the national championship. Mm-hmm. And, no, you're not going to win the natty. Sorry. But, anyway, uh, <laughs> we'll see. Uh, you better win the pack, whatever it is, first. Uh, but, anyway – He's, he's he could relax now and just play football. I would mm-hmm. not think there'd be a lot of pressure on him at South Carolina. I would think they win nine games. He's going to be a hero there. Well, they'll build a statue of him if they. Win yeah, nine you win games. nine games at OU and you're out the door. Yeah, that's the difference. And yeah, that's definitely true. So it's it's going to be very interesting to see what happens uh, with, with this. It's going to be fun. I think USC yeah. will definitely be will be very good, but no doubt. how good is is remaining to be seen. Yeah, OU has twelve snoozers. We're in the Big Twelve. We don't play anybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's exciting. Uh, Rodney says, "When is the next British Cup winning your in race? That'll be July twenty third, uh, Rodney. The Haskell Stakes uh, at Monmouth. Uh, that's going to be a really good game, and I." I know uh, you uh, love Jack Christopher. I'm pretty sure you love Jack Christopher. So July 23rd, yeah, he's going to earn his way to the Breeders' Cup Classic uh, in that Haskell Stakes. That'll be fun. After that, I'll give you kind of the next two or three. The Bing Crosby, a grade one for the Breeders' Cup Sprint. That'll be July 30th at Del Mar. And then we'll go to August 6th. The Whitney at Saratoga will be uh, the next Breeders' Cup cla- uh, Breeders' Cup winning your end for the Classic. So a lot going on the next three weekends uh, after yeah. this one. For I think I think Joey's just trying to piss me off. You're not going to do it tonight, Joey. Joey uh, knows how to troll Papa Dude. He's done it before, and he was successful. Yeah, but I'm not falling for it. Uh, Rodney, I said you're probably going to be 10 and 2, 9 and 3. That's what I said. Mm-hmm. And that's that's great. But you're not going right. to win the national championship being 10 and 2, 9 and 3. All right, hold on. Joey and uh, Chino, was I Chino and uh, Rodney? Let's go through this. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. Okay. I already have. Well, no, we're going to do it. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah, bro. He's just a big USC fan. You know, Joey, you must be a young USC fan if you say you finally have a chance. You've only won several national championships. <laughs> They've been pretty damn good over the years. I was going to say. You haven't been that bad. No, for that that long. Oh, well, well, recently they haven't been good. Let's face I think it. California would trade places with you. I think. Well, uh, now listen, since Pete Carroll left, they haven't been very good. No, but they've not been awful. 
Well, the last couple last year they were really bad. Yeah, they weren't any good last year. They were super bad. Yeah. Uh, all right. They have a very tough first game against Rice. Yeah, that's a toughie. Uh, they win by about three. Next. <laughs> uh, they go to Stanford next. That'll be interesting. I think they'll beat them. They'll beat them. Stanford's, yeah. yeah. Next. Fresno State at home. Those are the kind of games Lincoln loses. That's true. I well, think that's the way the Stanford game might be more dangerous. I, I think they'll win all three of these. Okay. Here's the one he loses at Oregon State. If they're any good, yes. Now, I think they'll win that. I think they're 4-0. Uh, Arizona I, State, I think they they win. They'll beat them. Washington State, I don't think it's going to be very good. They're, so they're going to start 6-0. and Then they go to Utah, and I don't think they will beat Utah. No, that, that, but a lot of people are not going to go to Utah and win. Right. I mean, they go to Arizona. They should be beat, they should beat them. Listen, North Dakota State would beat Arizona by 20. I agree. Yeah. So then you've got Cal at home. I mean. Okay, that's another easy one. They got Colorado at home. This schedule is easy. They can win 10 games easy. Um, they go to they go to UCLA. That's a pivotal game. UCLA got better last year. Well, they could beat them. They beat them last year. Yeah, I, I, that's a toss-up, I'd yeah. say. And then they finish with Notre Dame, and I think Notre Dame will be pretty darn good. Where is Notre, where's that game at? It's at USC. Notre Dame's got a new coach. Uh, they could easily be 11-1, and one, simply because of their schedule. I think realistically, you need to think of about 9-3, and 10-2. and two. I think Rodney has it right. Yeah. Yeah, it's awfully hard. And, and Joy, I said, I said you could be eleven and one, but it's damn hard to go from five and seven to eleven and one. There's some holes yeah. on that roster. Yeah, we did not get that many players. And their recruiting class was not good. Yeah, and every year when he was with OU, we're like, yeah, we'll go eleven and one, and he never did. So <laughs> and I think he had better players than than what they've got this year. Um, especially early in his OU uh, uh, coaching. But if you'll notice, the best team in the Pac-12, they don't play. Yeah, I mean, maybe in the Pac-12 championship game, if they would get there, they would play them. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, they can can certainly do it. They could. No one's saying, Joey. Well, you know what the good news is? Once football gets going, that's all we talk about on this show. So that's going to be why it's going to be pretty darn fun. Yeah, it is. We'll it, talk about this twenty four seven once it gets here. We'll probably start about the middle of August with our uh, conference previews and over under win totals. So yeah, there's a lot to great. do, a lot uh, with football. We're going to really ramp it up, but uh, yeah, we still got a couple of weeks before before we get into that fully. Yeah, yeah. So, so I'm glad we're talking about it uh, because it's so much fun, and boy, it's good. We're, we're doing bets Wednesday through Sundays now. Of course, football, we won't have much on Wednesdays, but yeah. uh, we'll do the Thursday night game. Well, there'll be Friday college games. It's going to be awesome. So I can't yeah. wait. You know, last year we had a good community of about 15 or 20 regulars that were on the show, and we've picked up a lot of racing uh, fans, and now they're kind of learning, oh, they do some sports too. So I think we'll have an even bigger community this right. time, which will make it even more fun. I know Russ was – was a big one you bet. Uh, last year, and uh, boy, it, it I is agree fun. with you, Russ. I think August first, it's time. I agree totally. 
<laughs> okay, August 1st. Great. So hold on here. The week of August 1st, we will – all right, our first football show will be August 3rd. Write it down, Russ. Write it down, Joey. We'll be here. You guys August 3rd, we'll start with college, and we'll do uh, – tell you what, we'll do the Pac-12 and the, and the SEC on August 3rd. All right. There you go. All right. So Russ, you're going to be in Toga. Oh, my God. So am I. I'll be there. All right. Well, we're going to meet up, Russ. Paddock Bar. Here we go. Uh, Roddy says, hey, is Flightline really the best source? Yes, easily. And if he can get the distance, they're all running for a second. But we don't know until he does it. But, yeah, he's the most talented horse. Right. He now. is something else. Yes, he is. All right. We're going to get out of here, guys. We will be back next week. But we're not are, talking about football next week. August 3rd is when we're talking about football. Are you sure you're going to be back next week? Yeah. You're in Toga. It doesn't matter. Okay. I'm, All right. I, I have, I'm living in Plattsburgh for six weeks. So I'm not going to be in Saratoga every day. Oh, I thought you were in staying in Saratoga. No, we're staying in Plattsburgh. I thought you – well, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. You're not staying with, with your mother-in-law. No, we are. Yeah. Well, what happened to the house you were supposed to get? Well, they sold it. <laughs> so, so you're just going to drive back and forth. I get it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Whitney. Yeah. Uh, I'll definitely be there Whitney Day. Okay. Probably Friday, Saturday. Yeah. So All right. anyway, we will for sure. Okay. All right, guys. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Hopefully, this pick four hits. Hopefully, uh, USC loses a few recruits. Just kidding. And we'll see you guys next week. <laughs> This has been a presentation of RacingDudes.com, your destination for all things horse racing and sports betting. Whether you want free winners, expert insider picks, up-to-the-minute trackside weather reports, or podcasts and videos for bettors of all skill levels, never make another wager without visiting the Racing Dudes first. 